Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Today, we're talking about Jeff's topic of whatever that may be. I used to know what it was, but I took a nap and I just kind of forgot everything. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it, and I know you can hear the tribal music playing right now, and I know that you're really digging it. But anyway, here's Jeff. New guy, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. That was a fantastic <laughs> intro, my friend. Beautifully done. Well executed. I would have called him out for not liking to do intros. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, listen. Called his ass out. Listen, on my show, every time I do an intro, it's the same thing. We have a special guest. It's literally the same. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So, uh, Jake, Jeremy, what's up, fellas? How you guys doing? No, doing all right. Had what? a really shitty night last night. My back hurts. I was supposed to be going to this Krampus loft thing tomorrow. And I got my tickets the last time we were having this, when we were doing our Krampus episode, I bought our tic- my tickets right afterwards. And then two hours later, I threw up my back helping out with a Christmas tree. And then I tweaked it again yesterday at work. So I am definitely not driving an hour and a half south to go walk around and stuff. So that sucks. Well, thanks for donating to the Krampus party. Yeah, right? I can't go celebrate paganism. Oh, no. (laughs) For all those people that were expecting Krampus pictures all over our Instagram, like we promised, Mm -hmm. Jake lied to you. In retrospect, it probably wouldn't be the best idea for for me to go, being that you can't really separate Krampus from paganism, but um, it would have been a cool experience. I was going to go for the experience and probably to meet the actor of one of my all-time favorite movies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> meet billy from gremlins but oh well yeah yeah Can't billy from gremlins yeah so why, why'd you have a rough night jeremy we had our command christmas party uh, someone get a little bit drinky drinky no well i mean <laughs> you know i had i had a couple of drinks mm-hmm. I, I did. a couple I, of long island iced teas with 15 shots each <laughs> no it was coors light and, and, oh. and yinglings but um nah it's just uh man it just wasn't a very good command party you know i I sound stuck up there you know about our christmas parties and stuff but there was no seats food sucked they literally had chicken mcnuggets on toothpicks with a wedge of pineapple i even got the you know the chicken mcnugget that looks like a boot Uh (laughs) i literally had that and it was like they legitimately went to mcdonald's bought chicken mcnuggets and put a pineapple with it and stabbed it with a uh toothpick (laughs) We had frozen mozzarella sticks. That was good. Man, our freaking Christmas party had prime rib, and it was amazing. No, not ours. Ours was ass, and there was no chairs. And I'm in a really small command, too. Like, I don't know how they got away with that. I'm in a pretty big command. I know. They should have more money to be able to spend on Christmas parties. It's very strange. Well, that's what a a shill Christmas party is, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then one of the... The prizes that could have been won were two Michael Kors handbags. <laughs> they went to two air crewmen. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They did. <laughs> uh, yeah, air crewmen. Sorry, your, your shill party wasn't fun, bud. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> civilians don't know this, but when we go to our Christmas parties, all that we do, I mean, it's like Bohemian Grove. We just go there and we talk about what's the biggest conspiracy going on right now and that we're going to totally agree to it and keep spreading yeah. it. So yeah. we actually get it to come down from the top. Mm-hmm. So it actually goes from Biden to the uh, the Secretary of Defense, and then from the Secretary of Defense to the Secretary of the Navy, and so on, all the way down to RCO, 
which actually then gives it to our divo, our division mm-hmm. officer, gives it to our chief, who then gives it to our LPO, the guy who's enlisted that's in charge of our work center. And then it's at those Christmas parties that we talk about all the upcoming conspiracy theories throughout the year that we're going to either confirm nor deny. Yeah, we're going to perpetuate so, these things. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's how it happens. We have a paid opposition um, slideshow that we have to watch. (laughs) So it's it's the Christmas parties, everybody. That's that's where they do it. That's where they do it. (laughs) Somebody listening is probably like, (laughs) (gasps) I saw one of those at the Hilton the other night. (laughs) Digital asshats, like (gasps) I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Digital asshat. That's funny, dude. You know who you are, digital asshat. We're watching you, bud. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Ooh, hey, that's oh, good. they're pogs and shills. Told you. Good stuff, man. Well, oh, that was awesome. Anyways, back to the business at hand, boys. Enough about your shill parties. I, I um, like that we're opening up more. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've held that secret. For- 11 years now yeah, but well, i finally have a platform i can open up about it eight years for me yeah just put out all the government secrets about christmas parties it mm-hmm. is the apocalypse or the lifting of the veil so you guys are uh, you're doing a good job <laughs> and for any of you that might be taking this seriously just want to put this out there that's not at all true but all right he's continue. supposed to say that but anyways they tell <laughs> us to say that at the christmas parties <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh man! So today we'll let you talk now. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> man, I lost my train of thought. We're gonna talk about the Georgia Guidestones today, boys. Whoop 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 whoop. Uh, <laughs> you guys know anything about the Georgia guy? I know Jeremy. You said you don't know anything about the Georgia Guidestones. What about I don't. You? I don't know a thing about it, dude. Yeah, I know yeah. about the Georgia Guidestones. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess you can do this presentation then. No, no, I just know stuff. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll do it. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you probably know George... everything, but I know some stuff. Oh, I don't know everything. I just know most of it. Well, then we got to get off this recording and wait till you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. See you next time, guys. This has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. <laughs> Join us next time at the top of the hole where Jeff actually has his crap together. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, new guy, Jeff, bro. <laughs> new guy, Jeff. Fired. <laughs> All right, we'll let him talk. Go ahead. So yeah, Georgia Guidestones pretty mysterious. So you know, knowing the facts behind the Georgia Guidestones is kind of a hit and miss situation because it is quite a mystery. Which is why people like me, the conspiracy theorists, um, really enjoy talking about it. So the the Georgia Guidestones, they're also known as the American Stonehenge, uh, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get into it. I want to start with the man behind the construction or rather the person with the idea who paid people to construct it because he didn't build it himself this man who goes by the name rc christian so in 1979 a man naming using the name rc christian it's a pseudonym it's not his real name arrived in the self-proclaimed granite capital of the world elberton georgia with granite monuments such as the 20,000-seat Granite Bowl, which is home to the Blue Devils, Elberton's local football team, the Georgia Guidestones are far from the only granite monument in the area, but they're definitely the most mysterious. 
So in June of 1979, R.C. Christian stepped into the office of Joe H. Fendley Sr., the president of the Elberton Granite Finishing Company. Christian, wearing an expensive suit and claiming to represent, quote, a small group of loyal Americans who believed in God, began to pitch an ambitious project to Mr. Fenley, stating it would be a monument to the conservation of mankind for future generations. Christian was adamant about the group he represented remaining anonymous and refused to give Fenley his real name. Taking note of Christian's impressive attire, and with much doubt about the seriousness of the proposed project, thinking it was some sort of a prank, Fenley attempted to discourage Christian by providing a quote for the commission, which was several times higher than any other project the company had previously taken on. He explained to Christian that the Guidestones would require additional tools and consultants to be completed to his liking. This did not deter Christian. Instead, he accepted and asked asked Fenley for the address to a local bank. So Fenley gave Christian the address to the Granite City Bank, half expecting him to never return. So Christian left Fenley's office and found himself at the Granite City Bank in the office of bank president Wyatt C. Martin, explaining the ambitious project once again. Martin explained to Christian that no project of this scale had ever been commissioned in Elberton before, and expressed concern about the secrecy of the group Christian claimed to represent. In response to Martin's concerns, Christian said, The group feels by having our identity secret, it will not distract from the monument and its meaning. The message to be inscribed on the stones is to all mankind and is non-sectarian, nor nationalistic, nor in any sense political. The stones must speak for themselves for all who take note, and should appeal to believers and non-believers wherever and at all times. Martin was still skeptical, so Christian began to explain that in his travels to Europe, he had seen many monuments, but one in particular resonated with him deeply, Stonehenge. So Christian and his group of anonymous sponsors had put together a note to explain the importance of Stonehenge in in relation to building the Guidestones, which read, Stonehenge and other vestiges of human thought arouse our curiosity, but carry no message for our guidance. To convey our ideas across time to other human beings, we want to erect a monument, a cluster of graven stones, which will silently convey our ideas when we have gone. We hope they will merit increasing acceptance and that through their silent persistence, they will hasten in a small degree the coming age of reason. So Martin then agreed to be the financial intermediary for the project, so long as Christian provided a deposit for the commission, as well as wanting to know Christian's true identity. And this is the mystery that to this day surrounds the Guidestones. The only thing we know about R.C. Christian is that he claimed to have served in World War II and described himself as a, quote, patriotic American in every sense of the word. So once Christian had left Elberton, and a number of days went by without contact from him. Fenley and Martin began to revert back to their skepticism about the project, thinking it really was just a prank. However, not long after, Christian returned to the Granite City Bank with a non-disclosure agreement for Martin to sign, stating he would never reveal Christian's true identity and that he would destroy any information regarding the development and construction of the project once it was 
completed. So Martin signed the agreement, and the $10,000 deposit he requested was sent to him by Christian from various banks across the U.S. Martin is the only person who knows R.C. Christian's real identity, and when asked to reveal it, he would rarely mention the legal liability of doing so. Instead, he would reply, they could put a gun to my head and kill me. I will never reveal his name. In my age and profession, you stick by a promise of confidentiality. I'm going to stop right there for a second. You guys get any, any thoughts on this mysterious R.C. Christian character? Maybe he is R.C. Christian. What? The banker. Maybe that's, maybe that's him. Um... But why would he use his real name if he's trying to keep his name a secret? Because it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. That's, no that's one would suspect the banker. <laughs> what was the exact reasoning for the Guidestones again? They were supposed to be erect and have something written on them for all humankind to it's abide like by. How to live I'm in gonna the future. Get to that. We'll get to the, what's on the, the stones. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get to that. And okay. it's in a bunch of different languages. Do you have more on, on R.C. Baker? R.C. Christian? Anything? Yeah, R.C. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, I've got some more things. I've got some things that people uh, speculate on who he is and some of the meanings behind the name R.C. Christian and things like that. Okay. But that, that's like, the, right. that's like the, the summary of the story of how this dude shows up in Elberton and commissions this project, this mystery man. I'm good to go. Good to go? I'm good to go as well. Yes. All right. So with the mystery of R.C. Christian still kind of in the air, right? We're going to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. the site that the stones are sit, sat on before we get to the stones themselves. So the site, the stones have been estimated to cost around $300,000 in 1979, which is around a million dollars in today's money. That cost, however, didn't seem to bother Christian in the group he represented. The stones Christian approved are known as pyramid blue granite and quarried from Fendley's pyramid quarry. It took Fendley's hand-picked team of craftsmen weeks to quarry each piece of granite needed for the project, and over the course of about nine months, they trimmed away over four tons of material from each stone. While Fendley was responsible for acquiring the stones and doing the actual work, Martin was tasked with finding the location the stones would be placed on. Christian had requested the location to be visible to the public, but not in a central location where it would become a tourist attraction. Christian originally wished to place the monument in southern Georgia, where the land is much flatter and the stones would be seen from a greater distance. However, Martin had a better idea. Martin explained to Christian that transporting the materials to the southern part of the state would be an unnecessary expense and risk to the granite stones. He also explained to Christian that the land around Elberton was cherished by Native American tribes, and the Cherokee called it Ayeli Alohi, or Center of the World. Christian was intrigued and agreed to let Martin scout the surrounding areas for the perfect spot. So on October 1st, 1979, Christian purchased a five-acre lot of land for $5,000 from a farm owner, Wayne Molinex. The plot of land sits off Highway 77, next to Double Seven Farm, 7.2 miles away from Elberton, and 7.8 miles away from Hartwell, Georgia. And after this, Christian disappeared 
never to be seen again. Any questions so far? No. I'm tracking, though. Tracking? Okay. So I like so far how it's not so much like a uh, how did it show up there kind of conspiracy. Or not conspiracy, but like a mystery. It's not like a they just appeared there sort of thing like those monoliths we had earlier this year. They're just right. appearing randomly, those metal things. Um, this is more like, yeah, we know the, the pseudonym of the guy who made it, the funding for it, where they came from, but the mystery goes into why they were made. Like, what exactly is the point of it? Which, I don't know, I like that part as a mystery. The, the real mystery is who is R.C. Christian? Who is the group he represents, the small group of loyal Americans who believes in God, and what the overall message is that they're trying to portray through time, right? And, and again, we'll get to yeah. what's on the stones so people can kind of, you know, they can make that decision themselves, what the message really is. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. what I want to talk about next is this number seven, because again, the site is off Highway 77 next to Double Seven Farm, seven miles from Elberton and 7.8 miles from Hartwell. So there's a lot of sevens involved with the location of these stones, right? So we're going to get... Right, which is God's number. Right, we're going to get a little deep into this. So why is number seven so important? So we're going to go a little deeper and decode this number for a minute here. The number seven has a few different traits thought to be tied to a person's life path. So some of the personality traits with a number seven in their life path are being perceptive, intellectual, mysterious, spiritual, reserved, skeptical, solitary, introspective, and analytical. I don't know the identity of R.C. Christian, obviously, but from the information I've gathered on the story, I'd be willing to bet that he has a seven life path, and that could be one of the reasons the location of the Guidestones resonated with him because he does fit most of these characteristics. There is also mm-hmm. something known as the heptagram, a seven-pointed star with many different meanings depending on its use. In Christianity, it was used to mean the seven days of creation and to wait off evil. It's also used as a sign of unity on national flags. In magic, it's known as the fairy star or the elven star, It's sometimes used as a focal point of meditation, a protective shield, or a representation of the shining realms, and is used as a symbol for eternity. Medieval alchemists used the heptagram to symbolize the seven alchemical metals and their conforming planets. It also represents the seven musical notes, seven colors, and the seven sisters, otherwise known as the Pleiades. It also encompasses north, south, east, west, above, below, and within. So there's, you know, a lot of deep and occult connections with the number seven. So I thought that that was really interesting. Now, let's talk about the stones themselves a little bit, the design of the stones. I'm picking up on some stuff here. I'm, uh, I'm interested where this goes. This, is, this could be very interesting. Yeah, it gets a little deeper as well. Especially with current events. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, you're already tra- you're tracking, bro. You're tracking. <clears throat> so the design. The Georgia Guidestones stand at an overall height of 19 feet and 3 inches tall. 
the monument weighs about 237,746 pounds and is made up of 11 large granite stones, five of which are foundational stones in which the monument sits on, which leaves six stones as the visible monument. It's another occult number there, number six. The four outer stones stand at an inward angle as to form almost an X and are engraved with the ten guidelines R.C. Christian and his mysterious group had written up. Each of the two sides of the four outer stones are engraved with the same ten guidelines, but in eight different languages. English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. You guys ready to hear what they say? Number one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Hmm. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Hmm. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, in all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Now, most of these guidelines seem like a good idea. I think most of us can agree on that. However, it's the very Mm -hmm. first guideline that brings the most attention to the monument. Maintain humanity a under lot. 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. It sounds like R.C. Christian and his group are a bunch of, like, well, I'm just going to say it, a bunch of hippies, that this is their version of the new Ten Commandments once, like, we all destroy each other with nuclear weapons. So, it's interesting you say that. A lot of people speculate that since these monuments were built, uh, you know, they were erected first in 1980, but, you know, that time frame, 1979, mm-hmm. 1980, like, that's the Cold War, right? We're at the height of the Cold War. So a lot of people right. speculated that they were putting these monuments up because they thought we would be nuked into oblivion, and this would be, like, a standing, you know, uh, like you said, like a Ten Commandments type situation. Right. Now, the uh, maintain humanity under 500 million, that's the big, that's the number one target for, like, conspiracy theorists, right? And this this engraving mm-hmm. alone, you know, has brought many people to believe the Georgia Guidestones are a monument erected by eugenicists who, you know, like they want to reduce the world's yeah. population. So, I mean, and who knows? We don't know for sure, but we'll get into some reasons of why. <clears throat> Along with the parts about uniting humanity under a common language, settling disputes in a world court, and balancing personal rights with social duties, Many believe this is the work of what's known as the New World Order. And also, I should have put in there the uh, guide reproduction wisely, right? That's like some 
Nazi Germany type shit, you know. Yeah, it's just dripping with eugenics. Right, 100%. So there are a few other key features of the monument worth noting. Just a few feet to the west of the monument sits a granite ledger that has been set level with the ground. This ledger identifies the languages used, size, weight, date of installation, astronomical features, and the sponsors of the project. One thing I found interesting is the date of the center cluster being erected, March 22nd, 1980. So let's dive back the rabbit hole again and we'll figure out why March 22nd is interesting. So it has to do with a secret society from Yale University known as Skull and Bones. It's also known as The Order, or Order 322, and the Brotherhood of Death. March 22nd can also be written out as 322, Order 322. A letter between early society members in Yale's archives suggests that the number 322 is a reference to the year 322 B.C., and that members measured dates from this year instead of from the common era. So, in 322 BC, the Lemian War ended with the death of Demothenes. Demothenes. I don't know how to pronounce that. Greek dude. And Athenians mm-hmm. were made to dissolve their government and establish a plutocratic system whereby only those possessing 2,000 drachmas or more could remain citizens. So I don't want to get like too off into Skull and Bones because that's a whole other episode, but just know that some of the most powerful figures in our society were part of this secret group from Yale, including presidents like George Bush. You guys have heard of Skull and Bones before? hmm Yes. Now, the Georgia Guidestones also have some astronomical features as well. It's not just a few stones with engravings standing in Georgia. There is a channel through the stone that indicates the celestial pole a horizontal slot that indicates the annual travel of the sun, and the sunbeam through the capstone marks noontime throughout the year. There is also mention on the ledger of a time capsule buried beneath the monument, but the space where the reveal date is located was left blank. Some theorize they never actually placed the time capsule under the ground, while others believe they did, and the missing date is just another part of the mystery. At the unveiling of the monument, a local minister proclaimed that it was, quote, for sun worshipers, for cult worship, and for devil worship. Some theorize the name R.C. Christian resembles Rose Cross Christian or Christian Rosencruz, the founder of the Rosicrucian Order. You guys ever heard of the Rosicrucian Order? No, I have not. Okay, so... The mysterious doctrine of the order is, quote, built on esoteric truths of the ancient past, which, quote, concealed from the average man, provide insight into nature, the physical universe, and the spiritual realm. The manifestos do not elaborate extensively on the matter, but clearly combine references from Kabbalah, Hermeticism, alchemy, and Christian mysticism. The Rosicrucian manifestos proclaim a, quote, universal reformation of mankind through a science allegedly kept secret for decades until the intellectual climate might receive it. 
many esoteric societies have claimed to derive from the original Rosicrucians. The largest and most influential of these societies has been the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, founded by three Freemasons, and one of the most prominent members was Aleister Crowley. Mm. So, you know, whatever the true intention and whoever the true R.C. Christian is will likely never be known to the public. The Georgia Guidestones are a constant target of vandals spraying graffiti and attempting to tear down the stones. Recent drone footage from above the monument have revealed bloodstains on the top of the capstone, which lead many to believe it is occasionally used for sacrifice. One thing is for sure, the connections between the number 322, the number 7, R.C. Christian, and the Rosicrucian Order are interesting, to say the least. And that's it, boys. Let's, uh, let's talk about the, the actual guidelines, right? Mm. Starting with the first one. Jeez. What is, the, what is the population of the Earth right now? Close it's to like 8 billion. billion people. Right. So you're talking about knocking off 15 sixteenths of the population, mm-hmm. right? That's their plan. That's nuts, right? But I wonder what kind of validity there is here. By the way, that's 94% of the population. We on Infinite Rabbit Hole have really, really done our best to stay as neutral and uh, just leave COVID out of our, our show, mm-hmm. okay? But with the amount of conspiracy that's going around with it right now and how population control is at the tip of the the conspiracy arrow right now with covid if this is something if this is something like the the skull and bones which is like you said tied to george w bush and a lot of really really big controversial figures not saying that george bush is controversial just saying that there are a lot of Mm -hmm. controversial figures in the skull and bones or thought to be in the skull and bones and that they are very controversial in a lot of the things that they are said to do um including being a part of the new world order. This is interesting. And I wonder if we're seeing a direct attempt at some sort of new world order attempting to fulfill what's going on in the Georgia Guidestones. That's like one of my, one of my big takeaways from this. In my second one, I kind of want to dive into the woo here. Um, and that's, you know, where I, I would really like to keep my conversation at. Again, we try to keep the COVID thing to a minimum. Probably going to have to talk about it a little bit on this episode. But we stay neutral on the show. So no worries. Okay. Um, time travel. If I'm looking at this from a woo-woo point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing R.C. Christian as a time traveler. Hmm. That he is coming back from the future which is something that I have gone on record before in our time travel episode, not the Simpsons one, the regular time travel episode, and saying that I, be- I find it hard to believe with the physics that we know of now that time travel is damn near impossible, if not impossible, to run backwards. But I do believe that we can somehow get to fast-forwarding time and that if we can go back in time, it's more or less like time loops itself and you can get all the way to the end and find yourself back at the beginning and stopping 
where you were wanted to go back in time at. That's what RC Christian really sounds like he's doing here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that RC Christian claimed that these were guidelines for the future population, right? Yeah. So, or living in the future. Let me see the exact quote. I got the quote here. You are correct. Where does it say? Um, a monument to the conservation of mankind for future generations. That's the quote. Right. This sounds like it is an attempt from a from the future to set guidestones. So maybe maybe there's something that happens, right? And they put this in 1980, you know, as a message to a particular individual or a particular group. Be like, hey, uh, this is something that you guys need to pay attention to and keep it like this and Earth will be fine and so on and so on. Maybe something happens. I know that Jake can probably chime in with, you know, biblical stuff. Mm. You know, there's the people that are worried about COVID. There's things that are on the horizon that we don't know about. I mean, shit, we talked about the Yellowstone super volcano here. We've talked about a lot of stuff on this show already that could knock out 90% of the population, if not, you know, just under. But what event are they trying to prepare us for if they are time travelers? That's where I'm really interested in right now. What are they trying to get us ready for? Is this guidelines to the regular average Joe? That's another thing, too. Is this guidelines for the average Joe? Or is this something that they say, hey, look out for these? Instead of these being guidelines for how to live, what if these are guidelines that we need to pay attention to and realize that there's something sinister happening to us? Because I'm looking at these, right? And there's some good stuff, right? There's definitely some good stuff. And I'm not talking about all of them, but I'm talking about, in particular, the top two, keeping the population down below 500K and keeping track of your your breeding and your your multiplication of human beings right Mm -hmm. controlling the like i i don't know if it's true so forgive me if it's not but that reminds me of the rule that that is always referred to in like china i believe it is Mm -hmm. where they can have one child i don't know if that's true forgive me any listeners that are listening like that's bullshit they upped it to two well I don't have my references in front of me. I'm just referring to something I heard from in the past. So sure. that's what this sounds like, you know? Uh, and I know, I know they're dealing with overpopulation and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you have to do drastic measures for drastic situations, but I don't know. This is definitely mysterious. There's a lot of different ways that I feel like this could go. I think the last one I talked about where it's like, Hey, average Joe, watch out for this stuff. I think that's the least likely because some of the stuff in the, in the, you know, the bottom half where it says. So like the ones that say like prize, truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite doesn't sound like a problem to me. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Doesn't sound like a problem. Um, right. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That doesn't sound like a problem. Right. Uh, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Another one, not a problem. So let's let's talk about that one for a second, because I'm having trouble translating that rule, passion, faith, tradition, 
and all things with tempered reason. Are they saying that there should be a governance over this stuff? Yes. Or is it make it so that it's a priority in your life? It says rule. Right. So are they saying just bringing up Christianity because Jake's here, right? Is this something where they're saying, hey, we need to keep a cap on this Christianity thing? Because it says rule, passion, faith, and tradition. So it's like, keep your passion down, keep your faith down, keep your tradition down. And a very vague, just, what is it? I don't want to say it was the eighth one. Very, very vaguely, just like, oh, and there's also God. It's like, which God? Which God are you referring to? Because the God of the Bible says that, you know, blesses the man who has many uh, children and has a, uh, like, refers to them as being uh, arrows in his quiver and he's blessed to have a multitude and that we should populate the earth and do all the sorts of things. So which God in particular are they referring to with this, like, where they say it's the uh, the infinite? Because to me, it sounds like a lot of eugenics and um, very anti-biblical type stuff. It's just very contradicting. So the fact that this was a group of people that believed in God, well, I mean, you could say that you believe in God all day long, but, you know, what God are you referring to? And they're not all the same thing, right? They contradict each other. So uh, which one are you referring to in particular? Is it Krishna? Is it, you know, is it Horus? You know, is it Zeus? <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you talking about Yahweh and God of the Bible? You know, wh- what are you referring to when you say you believe in God? Right. Well, hold on, because I'm I'm looking at these the the ten guidelines here, and I don't see the word God in here at all. No, but no, the, no it was a the group that they called it the that, infinite or something. Well, the group that RC okay, Christian represented claimed to be a small group of loyal Americans who believed in God. Right, and this here is really like one of those things where it's like, how are you interpreting this? Because there's a lot of these lines in here where you can interpret in a negative way and a positive way the wording is so strange because you can see it as again just going to refer to christianity because that's mm-hmm. you know what we've been on here you can see this as christian negative or christian positive and in most of these i don't see anything on here that's directly saying something christian negative but at the same time i can i can see someone interpreting in that way. And I also can't see anything in here that says anything Christian positive. And I also can see somebody interpreting that way. Well, see, and that, that's the thing though. You can't, you can't really say that those, that group of people were Christian positive, considering that Jeff had talked about it. They said that they wanted it to be something that could be looked up towards from people from all different faiths or non-faiths. Right. Yeah. So it would be, uh, very counterintuitive for a Christian person to say, you know, I believe that the only way to get a good outcome in the afterlife is through faith in Christ. But for our, was it our stones that we're going to leave behind for the future? Uh, we're not going to mention anything about Jesus and we're going to let all these people get cast into hell if we're not knowing, mm-hmm. you know? So to me, this is a testament to the new world order. Right. This is the you know, one so, world show government, it, so is. one world religion, one world government, all of that. Because <clears throat> there's a number of things. Number like the, the eighth one, balance personal rights with social duties. To me, that sounds like communism. Balance personal rights 
with social duties. That sounds yeah. like something that Stalin would say, right? So, right. and then between that and things like, uh, what is it? Uh, let nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Unite humanity with a new living language. So, but that's what these... the United Nations does, isn't it? Isn't there a court? Sounds like the Tower of Babel. <laughs> well, the United Nations, I mean, they, they do all of their stuff in English, right? Like their public um, broadcasts and things like that are all done in English. But this is saying with a living new language. So, you know, the idea of the one world order is you have a new religion that's brought in that everybody subscribes to. You have a new language that everybody speaks, you know, and it's. To mm -hmm. me, that's what this is saying. And then you tie that in with all of the occult numbers, right? Like the skull and bone stuff or the Rosicrucians or, you know, any of these things. Aleister Crowley. It's like there's definitely some underlying one world governance stuff here. We should have had CJ on this. I feel like CJ could have connected some of that stuff. But I, I don't know, man. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I can see people taking these negative. I can see them taking them positive. The whole uh, let well, some people rule. take murder and like genocide positively. It doesn't really matter what the people think. Well, <laughs> right, true. <laughs> and but if I you want to get to five hundred million, you're gonna have to genocide a lot of people. A lot, a lot. That is, that is true. true. This this is an interesting theory, okay? And there's a lot of people in the conspiracy community that don't believe there's eight billion people on this planet or plane. Or whatever yes. you want to call it. True. So it's possible, and I've even contemplated this myself a lot. It's possible that we are at 500 million. Maybe that is the number of the world's population. There's no way for you or I to know this for sure. You know, there's censuses done all over the, the world, but there's who, who's in charge of the census, right? So there's no way to know for sure. And right. It goes back to the idea of abundance versus scarcity. Are we really running out of things, or is that just a uh, a narrative brought about to cause fear, panic, and control. I don't know, man. I, I okay. So now we're, we're diving into Jeff's world here a little bit. Well, why not? I, I mean, no, I, no, I agree with that. It's just like the only people that I truly know that exist are the people that I have on my Facebook, which is like fifteen people, and some people that I've worked with and my family, like. You could tell me that there's a John Smith in New York right now, but I have no way of verifying that that's an actual person that lives there. I don't see. <laughs> I'm sh I'm sure you have a reason why they would even consider that. But what would what would be the reason why they would make us all believe that there's eight billion people on this planet when there's really only five hundred million? What's the benefit? Scarcity. So as long as you what think you there's eight billion people. Right. And the narrative, right. we all, we've all seen the narratives for our entire lives that, you know, we're running out of fossil fuels or we're running out of this or, you know, whether it be climate change or whatever the case may be. The idea is that the resources here where we live are scarce and there's so many of us that we have to be careful. So what it does is it allows the people in control to have more control over what you're allowed to consume. They get to dictate prices on things. They get to dictate how many things that you get. Now, here in the United States, that's not so much the case yet, but around the world, there's a lot of countries where that is the case. So if, if 
for instance, if we knew that there was only 500 million or 1 billion or 2 billion people, and we knew that the resources could handle much more, we wouldn't be concerned about that. We would all be living in a, a society of abundance where, you know, prices of things would be different if even they existed, right? And people would be much more giving and loving and willing to help your neighbor rather than hold everything to yourself because we're running out. It's just a, mm -hmm. it's a fear narrative. It's a control narrative. Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw all those like videos on YouTube and Facebook uh, earlier this year where all these farmers were being paid by the government to mow down like portions of their crop and stuff. Right. And then suddenly the grain prices jumped. Yeah, my dad actually personally knew uh, farmers down in Florida that were being paid to do that. Like he, he saw the letters and everything because he, he, he actually didn't even know about that whole thing. And he came up here one time. And I, I was talking to him about it. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing all this crazy stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to put any names out there or anything. But he's he referred to his buddy by name and was like, yeah, he goes, I seen the letter. He goes, it's crazy. You know, it's absolutely nuts that they're they're burning food or they're they're taking food out of the food supply. But mm -hmm. real quick, let's just go to the population thing. OK, and again, this could be wrong, but. I just looked at the population of Hampton Roads. Jake, you're familiar with how congested it is here in southeastern Virginia, right? Yeah. In 2018, it was 1.73 million people here in the Hampton Roads area. So for people that are, are not familiar with what Hampton Roads, Virginia is, it is basically Norfolk, Chesapeake, Virginia Beach, Suffolk, Hampton, Newport News, I think Yorktown is included in it, and a few other smaller cities, because in this area, we don't have counties, we have large cities that right. are the size of counties, and Hampton Roads, Virginia, 1.729. So you would be telling me that if that number is correct, right, and we just round up, because this is 2018, this is, we're four years past this number, we're probably closer to 2 million with population inflation. Uh, and how many more people that they're bringing into this area with the Navy, probably close to 2 million. So that's the number we're going to go with, right? One out of 250 people. I see where you're, I see where you're going with this. So think about it this way, right? Do, do the math the opposite way. So if there's, you know, let's say in the greater Orlando area, which is where I'm near, you know, you have between 1 and 2 million people here at any given time. And a lot of those people aren't living here. They're just here for on vacation, right? So you have, just call it, a million people, right? right? How many major, uh, and that's not just Orlando, that's like all of Central Florida. So how many areas as populated as Central Florida are there around the world? I would guess probably like 500. Like you got to think like the pop population of New York City too. Anyways, that's 0.08% of the population of the world if we we're at 500K or 500 million would be right here in Hampton Roads, Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the population of New York City? I think it's 7 million, 8 million. 8.4 million in 2019. So we'll just 8.5 million that for population mm -hmm. inflation, right? Dude, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I think that... The the pot, I mean, you you got to think of freaking like places like Tokyo, Los Angeles, 
Chicago, uh, the three big ones in in Texas. You know, the the three big ones in in Florida, Tampa, Jacksonville, and Miami. Dude, there's a lot of big cities out there, dude. I I, I don't. I think we're much much higher than 500 million. I I, I can see them inflating the number a little bit, maybe, but not that drastically. Personally, in my opinion, could be. I, I'm I'm not stuck on the fact that there's only 500 million people, but I could see how there uh-huh. wouldn't be a billion people. I could see maybe, like I was saying earlier, one or two billion, maybe, you know, three billion, maybe, but eight billion is a mm. lot of people, and it does create a sense of overcrowding, right? So I used to drive a semi truck across the United States. I'd go back and forth. I'd go from the East Coast to the West Coast every week, back and forth, back and forth. Did that for a year, and I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. Most of the United States is empty. Yep. It's just the land's owned, right? And you're like, I'm going to go buy this cabin in the woods and stuff. The government owns so much of the land, Mm -hmm. whether they're like, oh, it's a state park or something like that, that you may think that it's congested. There's nowhere to live. That's not the the truth whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, you can you can easily you can easily find out how much of this country is unpopulated by looking up land values in certain sections of certain states. Sure. That's sure. simple, right? You can eat because it's supply and demand that that's what the prices of, of land is basically. And, you know, local taxes and, and whatever. So yes, there is tons and tons of space out there for Bigfoot to live. I did it. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? I did it. Yeah. I saw. <laughs> uh, you have to do it. Okay, I, I I think I think we're getting too hung up on on this one, you know, and and just just for shits and giggles, I I googled the population of South Africa. That's one country, right? There's fifty nine point three million people in that one country, sixty seven point twenty two in United Kingdom. I know numbers can be inflated. I get it. I just don't see the reason why price controlling. Okay, maybe, maybe, probably. But I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I don't think well, so. Do I believe there, that I was just gonna say, even if there is actually a billion people, the idea that there's a group of powerful individuals who are secretive and have a bunch of money, they want to maintain it under five hundred million. That's the real issue. So it goes back to how they're gonna do this. So there goes a a good question for you there, right? Who's setting the prices for all this shit right now? Because as of right now, a lot of people think that the New World Order is the stuff that's setting all this shit so high and, and whatever. In order to get those prices up, they want the population to seem inflated, which makes sense. But if they want that population to come down to 500 million, why? They're going to lose all their money. They don't need Unless money, money literally has no value to them. And they, yeah. But what would, be, what would be the purpose for them... What, just so they don't have to share the world with a bunch so, more people? People ask me this all the time when I get into deep conspiracies. They, they always ask, like, what is the motivation for take your pick of the conspiracy? And a lot of people immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. jump to the money thing. And what I always tell people is that these, what I call the lizard people, right? The New World Order, Illuminati, whatever, right. whatever you want to call them. They don't care about money. They have so much of what we consider money that it's no longer relevant to these people in fact these are the people who set whatever up, the true currency of the world is exactly these are the people who set up 
financial financial institutions in the monetary system to begin with. And remember, these people are playing a long mm -hmm. game, thousands of years long, perhaps. So, right. you know, and it goes back to like gold in ancient times. Who was the person who decided that gold had a specific value? Just some dildo who picked it up out of the ground was like, this is value, <laughs> right? So they don't care about the money. What they cared about was creating a monetary system so that they can get all of us to essentially hand over resources and assets to them. So you look at people like Bill Gates, who owns the most farmland in the United States, or you look at, you know, the, the royal family, right? They own so much land and so many resources, right? And these people, that's what they really want. And now at this point in, in our civilization, they have that control. So if inflation gets away, and then all of the world's currencies collapse because the American dollar collapses and there's like a massive, you know, like the financial world just ends. You and I will be suffering from that, but these people won't because they have what's really truly right. valuable, which is the resources. And that's what they care about. They don't care about how many dollars they have. They care about the resources that they've acquired using the fake dollars that they created. I totally am on board with there being a new world order. I don't question it for a second. I really do think that there is somebody with their hand in the sock and they're puppeting the entire world. They tell you this totally. at the Christmas party? They did. <laughs> they said that I can agree to this. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I do. I do think that there is. Uh, I don't think that the any president in the United States, it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, whatever happens, whatever, isn't really... The president of the United States are a figurehead. They're just a poster boy. Totally don't disagree whatsoever on that. I don't know. I mean, I guess the the reason behind it, the motivation behind it is so that you can keep the numbers down and you can be ruly over these whatever. But you also got to think that how many people do you need to convince to be on your side to to gain the ability to rule over those people because you got to, you got to understand there's power in numbers, right? So if there's 50 people that's controlling the entire world, right? Which means that there has to be some sort of blackmail in it, some sort of uh, something being held over somebody's head Epstein. to get them to be on your team. And not just, not just Epstein, but you know, how many Epstein, I always say this too, how many Epsteins are there? You know, how many people in those oh, roles probably are pulling the same honey stupid amount. Yeah. Right. But but if you shorten that up to 500 million, right, you cut the population down. Stupid amount, 95 percent. How many of those Epstein's are available and how valuable are those Epstein's now? They're not. Well, once they because gotten... for every Epstein, you got to you got to think, right, the, the person to Epstein ratio needs to be high so that they can control more. Well, but larger groups of people are harder to control so smaller groups of people are much more manageable i get that but if you get you get small enough amount of people and they start talking dude and they're like or that they're we're all broken enough after after we lower the population down to 500 million think of how exactly. terrifying it would be to exist at any point for any reason someone could come up to your door and shoot you to death in your bed in the middle of the night Dude, I'm Someone shooting everything could, that comes near my door. Right? Someone could <laughs> could shoot a missile into your house for no reason other than you had your second bowl of cereal that morning, and that's taking too much from nature. 
and you're you know need to be removed like it would be so bad that people would not have any willpower left to revolt against anything and they just go along with it because you'd have to literally you couldn't i don't think you could wipe out that many people with just like a virus right you couldn't even if this became like the the coronavirus zulu variant and it's oh it's so much worse like there's just there's it's impossible you'd have to exterminate people based off of what i have no idea but it would be so oppressive and there would be it would be a small group of people and it could be easily controlled because you could for the most part if you had enough of people on your side you could watch out and control these people there's a few things, right? I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Jeremy. And I think that you're right up to, the, up to a point. I think during the process of building the, you know, structures they need to bring about this new world order, this one world government, of course, you would need as many people as you can to be feeding into the system for as long as possible. And then now that we have this mm-hmm. new thing that we call the internet, where people are asking questions, communicating instantaneously around the world and all these things, it's getting away from them. So at what point do they have to reduce population in order to maintain control? Because, you know, again, these people that own everything, they, if, if the population just drops like that, 95, 96% goes out the window, they're, they got bunkers, they got security, like they're, they're good. They're not worried about whatever. Okay. And uh, there was another point I was going to make too. Oh, the, like Jake was saying you know, part of the, like, Agenda 2030 situation, which is, like, a New World Order idea. Mm -hmm. They want to put everybody in a highly surveilled society. So moving everybody into smart cities and having everybody have mobile tracking devices that we call cell phones and all these things, they can keep track of everything and everybody, but not if there's 8, 9 billion of us. There's 500 million of us, much easier for them to keep control over what we're consuming and what we're doing, where we're moving and all these things. So it's like transhumanism, Agenda 2030, New World Order, all rolled into one, you know, and you could totally pull off maintaining 500 million people, at least for an extended period of time. I I get it. I think the purpose of it, like we talked about a little bit earlier, is not like money, right? It's about control. It's that, think of um, any of the most horrible rulers you know, hey, geez, let's talk about Kim Jong-un, for example. Um, people in North Korea are starving. Um, someone was recently publicly executed for watching K-pop, which is a popular um, sort of like, I don't know, music dance style in South Korea. But they brought it into North Korea and they publicly executed this person. Yeah, and they, they imprisoned the, the person who brought it into the country. The, I mean, their population isn't that crazy it's a small population but it's not so much of kim jong-un sitting in his palace or his bunker that he made or whatever and there he's just like he's like oh well you know my you know the peasants that i rule over they have i have so much more money than they do it's not about that it's about the fact that at the snap of his fingers he could have someone ended forever like that level of control over people's lives that control turns comes people into monsters. Yeah, it comes from what's known as mass psychosis, that type of control. I mean, this is what happened in Nazi Germany, right? right? They created this mass mm-hmm. psychosis, and some would argue that's what's happening now with the current situation we've been in for 
two years, right? You have this mass psychosis where people are literally willing to not only go along with things that may or may not be a terrible idea, but they'll actually fight for that terrible idea because they're just scared and terrified. Okay. <sighs> I, totally, I, I understand mass psychosis. I definitely know that that is a thing that happens and I'm not going to comment on the whole current events and, and mass psychosis, but right. This is, this is, I don't know, man. I feel like we're spending too much time on this, especially for an episode on the Georgia Guidestones, but technically this is all about the Georgia Guidestones. It's the number one thing on the, on the brick and it's the most terrifying. It's the thing that draws most attention to it. You know, if that, if that number, the thing is it's number one, if it was number 10 on the list, it probably wouldn't even get as much attention, but it's the very first guideline is to kill off most of the humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Thanks. hippies. Yeah. (laughs) So when you, when you start shrinking the population, especially like if you just look at your street, right? Mm -hmm. How many people do you have on your street? Let's just say that there's a hundred people between the whatever. Yeah. I'm going to go with a hundred nice round number, right? 95% of them are gone. Now there's five people on your street. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, what are you gonna start doing with your food? You're gonna start hoarding it. You're probably mm-hmm. gonna start growing your own food. You're gonna be like, "This is mine." You become, you start doing like barter systems and stuff like that. People no longer start providing for the government. People start no longer doing things because now you're in survival mode. Right? Mm, that, no, not really. It's similar to like, what if happens if an EMP goes off? Yeah, but that's taking away from like what is the main cause of these my neighbors disappearing is it an illness is it you know the government killing them what you know why have they disappeared but before we had government the way that we had now and a supply chain the way, we, way the way that we had now even 150 years ago we had communities and barter systems and everything was about sharing and everything was about for each other and it was a tribe mentality just recently in the last you know century because of the way that we can you know grow something in california and deliver it to new york people have been more self-centered and no this is mine this is mine service mentality well, that's that's kind of the 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 alley i was going at you know they're they're more community driven okay maybe the, sure. the the street thing was a bad example but yeah you're you're more for your community what i basically what i was saying is that you're not doing much for the government you're worrying about your small world now you're not worried about the big world. So I feel like they're taking power away from themselves if they were to shorten or take away 95% of the population, well, even 50%. We have to remember that this wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the US government or pick your country, wherever you're listening to. It wouldn't be your government anymore. It would be a one world government. It'd be the world government. So, right, but it's it's one of those things where it's like you're the manager of a big department store, you're the manager of Walmart, right? And all of a sudden, all these people start doing these little tiny things that you don't like, and you're like, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, right? And then all of a sudden, you have you and three other people that are working around, and now those three people need to go and be the, the people that are going out and taking care of cleaning and stocking and ordering and stuff, and now they're fucking bummed out because they were your buddy, they were your your little side bitch. 
while you were the manager and they can control everybody, but you got rid of everybody. Everybody's gone. So now they have to do shit. And in turn, not enough's getting done. So now you have to do shit. But that's what I'm saying when it comes to the, the go ahead. To use that example, if Walmart shut down today because of all the people, right? Just whatever, right? The CEO of Walmart, he's still good. He's acquired enough. Is he? He's acquired enough money and or resources, right, depending on how you want to look at this, where he, he could be good. He's fine. You know, now, of course, he's not going to be raking it in for like the rest he is of his every days. day. For the rest of his days, he's good to go. So if the world government comes along, they're no longer going to be requiring that you pay taxes and all these things. It doesn't matter. Again, it's not about the money. They've already gained complete control of the world, right? But what are they going to do when it comes down to, oh, now I want to go to Bush Gardens? Well, there's nobody there to work at Bush Gardens. What, what's going to happen when they're like, I want to go to a Chinese restaurant or I want to have a cook cook for me here. Those people aren't going to exist. All these luxuries of being luxurious, of being the top guy on the mountain won't be there anymore. Unless you leave the certain people that you want and you take out the rest. So if you were to, let's say, get that's, rid of everybody. That's only Walmart employees. <laughs> Everyone else is dead. <laughs> that still has the problem. Because now no longer do they have any of the good stuff that they want and they become depressed and they have issues and they start hoarding their stuff. And then now they're not supplying for the big guy anymore. It's not a perfect system. It's not. And, <laughs> and it, 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 this is – dude, I totally, totally think that there is a one-world government. I don't think that minimizing the population would do any good for them whatsoever i feel like the more people that they have the more people that they control over the better it is because they have so many luxuries that that's that's just me is 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 like if i'm at the top of the mountain i want that person to go be down at sandals in bahamas because i want to go to fucking the sandals resort in bahamas i want that person to go work at bush gardens i want that person to go work at walmart because i want to go get my shit or have somebody go get it for me I want to be able to have fresh lobster from the ocean, you know, because I fucking love lobster. Who's going to go get it for me? I'm not going to go get it because I fucking have a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, I'm just I'm just making an argument. Yeah, no, I understand. And the difference is, though, is you're a reasonable person. These people are not reasonable. You, you know, you're you're trying to equate your sense of logic and reason to what these lizard people would be doing. And they don't they don't operate or think the same way. So. It's the same with like any of these uh, dictators in, in, in the past, right? Look at Stalin. I don't remember the number. I think like 100 and he slaughtered 120 million of his own people. It's like just looking that up. How many of his own countrymen did Stalin kill? Because, yeah, irrational, right? Saddam Hussein, you know, killing his own people in his own country. Yeah. And how did that turn out for both of them? Not good because there was a, a force. Because right. there was opposition. Force. There was a big right. opposition. So if there wasn't a big opposition. Right. Well, there was opposition from another country. If all of us were un under the same banner and we all had the same, you know, understanding well, that, you know, hey, if this guy misrepresents your pronouns, you can kill him. Um, right. And ri rid yourself of that. Then everyone's good with it. And then it can continue from there. And there is no, you know, accountability for genocide. Or whatever, you know, whatever right. the flavor of it but, is. But what I'm saying is very similar to that, right? They don't have any direct enemies. But if you start taking out all the people that are below everybody, right? Those people that are that are loyal to you because of the luxuries that you give them, that you afford them. 
And then now they have to, they're cutting all these people below them. And now they are the lower man on the totem pole. They no longer have the respect for you. The loyalty to you is gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and sooner or later, it's going to get to the head of the beast and the head of the beast is going to get chopped right off. But let's get back into the woo. Cause that's where I really love to play. <laughs> what if these are reptilians or lizard people and they're cutting our population down because they're making room for their, their reptilians to come over here. That changes everything. See, or now you're, a, now you're thinking or a par- the way I like to think, right? <laughs> or a parallel dimension. No, but th- that's what I'm saying is that there has to be a reason for it. To, to cut it down just to, for control, it doesn't make sense to so me. So then all we become is cattle. Right. We become <laughs> dogs. And I get that. I get that, right? I totally get that. Planet if we apes. are no longer, if we do, if we're no longer top of the food chain and we're no longer as powerful as we are right now and we're susceptible to a higher race than us, that's different. The game just changed. But if we're dealing with other humans, right, who are going to chop down all the rest of the humans and then they're going to end up living in rags and riches generation or rags down, down the road. There's no benefit for them. The benefit is if they have more people to rule over. It, it doesn't make sense, right? But if they're mm-hmm. making room for their own beings, whether interdimensional or alien beings or, or whatever it may be, totally makes sense. I get it. Totally understand. But it doesn't, to me, does not make sense for control purposes. Well, think about or- this, right? Think, think about like how much power, like true power, does any... Uh, leader of a country have today they've got power they've got control but they have to deal with all right. of the international shenanigans and they don't have as much control mm-hmm. as let's say you go back two thousand years ago i'm looking at this website here um that's talking about the estimated world populations throughout history and in year one ad okay so two thousand years ago it's mm-hmm. estimated that the world's population was 231 million how much more control did a, a leader, a king, or whatever, a pharaoh have a then yeah. than they have now? Much, much more control. And if they've already built all the infrastructure for technologies, you know, the metaverse, whatever it is, now, and then they can reduce it down to double that. So let, let me ask you a question. Where are these powers now? What do you mean? The They're ones wiped out by more superpowers. They lost, they literally cut out their defense. They cut out all the, the people that, all the peasants and, and the people that were beneath them, they cut them out, the people that would fight for them. And then what happened to the Romans, right? They mm-hmm. got invaded and there was nobody there to fight. So they all fucking died. Well, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude, is, is that there's, no, there's protection in numbers, man. But, think, but they were attacked by another nation. Think about, like, the only thing that there is is the Roman Empire, and that's it. There's no other people around them because they own the entire world. In, in the vicinity of inside Rome, the population, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Keep cutting down the, the bottom of the tree. The top of the tree is going to fall. Keep doing it. Right. I mean, you're talking about a testing of how many years, right? Mm-hmm. And you have people coming in and out, people moving to Rome, well, I don't think a lot of people were leaving, but you had people moving in. There was a steady flow of it because that's where the population center was, right? So they were being replaced. 
But if you're doing it on the, the stage, the, the size of the world where we're not getting replacements, dude. I mean, people are still fucking still making children, but the less people you have to fuck, the less children eventually are going to are going to come out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, dude. And and all of a sudden now there's 500 million. But guess what? There's six billion lions on this planet right now. They're going to fuck us up. They're going to come into Rome. They're going to fuck us all up. Maybe some people don't <laughs> even terrible think example. some people don't think that like Rome, for instance, even even uh, fell that it just rebranded. And that's the system Probably. that we I have that. now, you know. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. I don't think it's a reasonable idea in any sense. Even if I was a eugenicist, I wouldn't think it's a, a reasonable situation to reduce the population like that. However, again, these people aren't reasonable. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like you were saying, it could be that they're paving the way for something else to come inhabit, you know, their own lizard people or whatever it is. So Project Bluebeam. Project Bluebeam, baby. But real. (laughs) But real. (laughs) Those are real aliens. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Dude, this is this is a a good topic, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Got us all sucked into it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a, a short presentation, and you left room for plenty of arguing. <laughs> it's great. You got me all riled up, right? It's funny too because Jeremy. It seems like we're arguing. We're all on the same page, like the same sort of belief system that this would be an awful idea. But we're arguing as if I'm defending, you know, control and all the sort of stuff. And Jeremy is like, "No, you'll. It'll never work. You'll never get away with this." And it's like, "Why are we arguing like this? We both agree with the same thing." <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, let's say the three of us controlled the world. Ugh, I'm right? good. And, Kill me. And one of you was like, let's kill everybody. And I'll be like, no, no, dude, that's not that's not cool because I really love Panda Express. I need somebody working over there. <laughs> you know, five people in a Panda Express restaurant. I'll be like, Jeff's going to be like, dude, I'll make you fucking Panda. And I'll be like, bro, you're going to get sick and tired of making me Panda. And you can be like, yeah, you're right. Maybe we, we should just put it into perspective. <laughs> the, the estimates are that there's about 3,000 people that run the world, right? That's your Illuminati. It's about 3,000 people. Yeah. Now, I don't know how accurate probably. that is or whatever, but let's just go with that number. It seems reasonable to me. So, you know. You're talking about the, the very tip of the spear. Yeah, the tip of the spear, the point zero 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 one percent or whatever it is. It's 3,000. The very tip of Jeff Bezos' phallic-looking missile. So let me do a little math here. So if we had 500 million... 500 million divided by 3,000. You're looking at 166.666 thousand people for each one of the members of Illuminati. That's how many serfs you could potentially have each. 166,666. And then and then someone kills all their serfs and they're like, "Yo, can I borrow some?" some No, no, no. You would maintain. (laughs) You would maintain humanity at that number 500. 500. So you know how many people. Do you think in your, in your life, right, how many people do you think serve you, right, at restaurants, at theme parks, at all these places? It's far, far less than 166,666, you know. Probably you probably like come in contact 50. with, yeah, you probably come in contact with 50, 100 people maybe throughout like a month that serve you in some way, shape, or form. So if you had 166,666 of these people, you're still good. You still got plenty. Could you, could you imagine having a population that was maintained like that? Be like, oh, so you uh, you just had your first boy, huh? It's like, oh, yeah, this is our first son, blah, 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 blah. It's like, cool, you got to kill grandma now. 
500 million. You can't go over it. Well, we could also talk about yeah. the possibility that just because you're maintaining humanity at that number doesn't mean that there's more people. Now, there's a, I don't want to get too deep into it, right? But some people are thinking the whole that, black uh, market of kids and stuff. Well, not I wasn't even going there. I was just going to say, like, what if there is some genetic manipulation that happens at some point in history and most of the people are no longer humans, but there's something else. And you only have 500 mm -hmm. million humans. The rest are lizards. The rest are transhuman. Laying their eggs everywhere. <laughs> the rest are transhuman hooked up to the metaverse sitting in like that scene from Wally, -E where all the fat people have the R the VR oh, headsets man. on. Right? <laughs> that could be. Oh, I just watched that. Yeah. Seven billion people in that situation, while only five hundred million people are actually still human. It's a simulation within a simulation. Mm. Did you did you hear Jeff's mic cut out right there? That no. Oh, I heard it. He's a he's a lizard man. Clintons, dude. He is. The Clintons are outside. Are the lizards making you say this? It's perfect. He he's a lizard person with a mask of a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> no, ever no. Shills. We're all shills. He's a banker that goes by RC Christian. <laughs> no, good topic, Jeff. Good one. Thanks, bro. I think this is just going to end up being. Now I'm a Bible believer and I believe in Revelation. And Revelation, there's a lot of people that die. Like a third of the Earth's population here dies because of like a meteors crashing into the earth and then a quarter of that population dies because of all the water on earth being poisoned like there's a lot of people that die in the great tribulation but as far as this whole georgia guidestone things goes i will throw it in my brain into the realm of like the mayan calendar mm. where they just like they're like yeah this is probably going to happen but their civilization died out, you know, or were conquered long before their calendar could even run out. Whether it, that it running out meant something or they just needed to make another one because had their civilization continued, they'd be like, well, all right, 2013, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I guess the next one will be as big as we can make this hunk of stone, right? I think it was only so big as the thing it was made on, right, or carved into. So now we'll do another one. But I, I don't think that I think that maybe it probably had a lot to do with the whole cold, cold war thing going on right there that we were going to nuke each other out of existence. But now that it's it didn't happen. Right. It's just continuing. It's like, all right, well, you know, if that would have happened, then this is something we would have gone with. But since it hey, didn't, I mean, could be a big nothing burger. I'm with you. Could just been a group of rich dudes who decided to put some rocks up in Georgia. Could be. Dude, I'm totally gonna make some monoliths one day and just start setting them out places. Can I help? And they're gonna be janky too. They'll be like, I can see the seams. And be like, doesn't <laughs> matter who put it there. And be like, uh, did you put it there? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Fantastic. Was that your final thoughts there, Jake? Yeah, it's my final thoughts. You're sticking to the time travel theory? I I, I think this makes sense for time travelers. I think that the more I've done research, maybe we'll have to do another time travel episode because I've done more poking into the time travel thing ever since we've done that episode. Um, and I don't know, maybe backwards time travel could be possible, but the whole thing about time possibly looping in on each other is something that's really uh, talked about a lot in the 
the world of physicists. And uh, it's a strong possibility that loop is linear in a ring kind of sense, not in an infinite forward progressing line, but as an infinite loop where we expand throughout the universe and we compress back into, you know, this minute piece of dust and we explode again. And, you know, I know the whole Big Bang Theory is pissed on by a lot of people and whatever, but just just to go through the idea that time does loop, maybe these are time travelers setting up a guide for when the population is low so that it does not that all, like all this stuff that supposed or that could happen potentially could happen that cuts us down from 8 billion to 500 million doesn't happen again this is what we need to do this is what you need to do to make sure that we don't get that large again and destroy the place that we live in and destroy another generation of people um this is what we need to do so that we can make sure that the world is a great place for everyone to live. We all have meaning and we all have purpose and we don't destroy ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is it, right? Maybe, maybe we get so close to the edge where 95% of our population goes over, right? Be it from illness or asteroids or Yellowstone or, you know, something along the lines of pollution and so on, right? What if we do it to ourselves? And but this is what we need to do to never go near that again. I like it, and it's not necessarily that I have the most evidence for it. I just like that because it's it's a fairy tale, and it sounds wonderful. <laughs> you know that uh, the the population actually was able to come back in time somehow, and write these guidelines for us to never fuck up again and be like, all right, we learned our lesson. This is what you need to do. Do this and we're good. Okay. Happily ever after. But maybe it's reptiles. Dude, I don't know. I just something just came to me. What if what if a, a higher intelligent Bigfoot is RC Ooh. Christian? Think of it. Five hundred million population in balance with nature. <laughs> like doing all these sorts of things. Like, yeah. Think of it from the perspective of what a Bigfoot would want from humanity. <laughs> hmm. Like, yeah, listen, dude, we want more people, more places to roam. Yeah, right? <laughs> Bigfoot. God, I love Bigfoot. Good so here's, here's my Good. final thoughts. And quickly, I'm going to back up your time travel theory here because there is a project called Project Looking Glass where they essentially... I know this. Yes, they came up with ways to look into the future. So maybe they weren't traveling back in from the future but rather looking to the future and seeing what the outcome was so maybe that's how they Fire. got the information I, well, I was just gonna say personally i think that this is one of the old you know we talked a lot about like secret societies in the presentation and things like that and a lot of these occult secret societies they believe in free will and karma so i believe personally that these people whether they pull it off or not i think they want to do something like that's in the in the plan book and in order to avoid the cosmic karma or the universal karma of doing such things they have to tell the world that they're doing it in order to gain the free will of the people by letting it happen so they put up they erect mm-hmm. a monument that lays out what the plan is so when the plan goes through at least in their mind they're not going to accrue the bad karma so 
bonus points to anybody who can tell me what the name of this looking glass is that's held by the Vatican. Lucifer. No, that's the telescope. I don't know. It's called a chronovisor. Google it. <laughs> Go figure. And what is chronos? <laughs> no Come idea on. what is chronos. Come on, I did this for you guys chronos on the podcast. Yeah. I know it's a titan of time or something. Titan no. in Hades. Chronos is, well, yes, but Chronos is Saturn. Saturn is the original sun. Remember the priest at the unveiling of the Georgia Guidestones says this monument is no, for no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you getting into a topic for next season, sir? Uh, well, I'm just laying out a very, very basic idea here. Not even the whole topic. Because that's a okay. super deep topic. Real basic. That's like a three-episode <laughs> topic. <exactly. laughs> but I'm saying Chronos is the god, is, is father time. It is Saturn. It is Satan. It is the original sun. So sun worshipers and these occult practices, they're worshiping the sun, but not soul. They're worshiping Saturn. So it's interesting that at the Vatican, their project looking glass thing is called the chronovisor. And they also have a telescope named Lucifer. Is there anything else you got, bud? That's it, man. Nothing. I, the very first thing I asked Jeff when we were waiting in the room, I was like, hey, man, is this a... Is this Georgia, United States, or is this Georgia, the country? <laughs> nice. I, I had no idea. <laughs> Hopefully you'll learn something today. Uh, but, um, oh, dude, yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm actually uh, very interested in this now. You should take a trip this, down. Well, you know, what's funny is that while we were in the, the pre-recording, we were talking about that. He's seven. I'm almost eight hours away. Man, we could, I'll go take a trip and vandalize it like everyone else. <laughs> We could do well, we could drive there, we could get a hotel, <laughs> go check it out, film it, you know. Do some vandalizing. No, that's that's messed up. I, I don't care how you feel about it. Like it, someone paid for that, a lot of money for that. Um I I was watch I was looking at it on Google. There's a lot of images of different types of vandalism people have done to it. Mm-hmm. Even someone saying things like uh saying that Jesus wins in the end and beats you Satanists, and it's like that's great, but you shouldn't be uh, vandalizing a uh, a someone's artwork or someone's whatever and claiming to be a Christian at the same time. <laughs> like, you know, even like that the statue that went up in uh, Missouri, I think it was like the Baphomet statue. It's like I can agree that that's pretty off, right? But I don't want people to go up and start vandalizing it and stuff because it's someone's property. And they're well within their rights to do that. So, I don't know. That's just me, though. But, yeah, I'd like to go check it out and go have a look-see, you know? Take my dad. He had a granite countertop business and be like, hey, dad, what type of granite is that? That's my favorite game with him. And he can tell you <laughs> right what it is. And he's like, yep, it was this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Think I can make some countertops out of these? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, those make some massive coffee tables some like <laughs> rough edge you know stone uh what should i call it countertops and backsplashes and do a shower and geez your bathroom tile floor why not <laughs> like that's awesome good job jeff good job Thanks, man bro. that was a lot of that was a lot of fun Thanks, a lot of bro. fun i love i love a good uh a good conversation where i'm stubborn and can't be convinced of anything other than how i feel and uh, you you tend to do that to me a lot, and I, I appreciate it. Conspiracy hour with Jeff. <laughs> Conspiracy hour with Jeff. <laughs> well, 
since Jeff uh, doesn't like doing intros, I'm, I'm assuming he does not like to do outros. So I will do it here. Make sure you go check us out at infiniterabbithole.com. Check out our merch tab. Get yourself one of those nice new Christmas t-shirts that's only probably available for a couple more days since this episode will be dropping sometime in Jane. Nope, this will be dropped. This is our New Year's episode. This is our New Year's Eve episode. Wow, look at that. Happy Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Yay, 2022. Um, but yeah, definitely go check out infiniterabbithole.com. Follow us on all social medias and leave us a like, review, and comment on all of our platforms, please. Uh, I know Spotify just sent out that they were now allowing people to rate their favorite podcast on Spotify itself. So if you listen to us on Spotify, please go over to the rating option and rate us that five stars. Let everybody know how much you love us. To leave some good words. We love we love growth. We've been seeing some really healthy growth, especially overseas. I want to take a special moment to shout out all of our fans over in Ireland, England, and Australia. Your numbers have been through the roof. We do well over here in the United States and Canada, but we're really starting to pick up overseas. And I just wanted to say hi to you guys and and everybody else from all other countries all around the world that we, that we get listened to. I think our numbers up to almost sixty, almost sixty different countries now. Uh, that we're that we're listening to and i hope that you enjoyed this episode and we're gonna blow the lid off of 2022 with some shit that's gonna blow your head up oh yeah trust me we have season five possibly season six we'll hit our 100th episode during this this year we'll hit our two-year anniversary during this year thing is gonna go crazy and hopefully Mm -hmm. we have a couple other things uh set for a surprise for you like a new co-host. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. We do. Oh, yeah, we do have a new co-host, but we're not replacing him. We're not replacing someone else. <laughs> yeah. Be introducing you to a new guide in the infinite rabbit hole. Part-time guide. Not full-time yet. We're going to bring them on nice and slow. Uh, first-time podcaster, but they're going to bring a lot of really awesome stuff to you. They're going to present their first subject in season five roughly just shy of halfway through season five you'll get their first subject where they're going to do everything they're going to present something to you and it's been something that i've been asked about a lot from personal friends and family and fans of the infinite rabbit hole and i've always been like no because there's nothing there but a lot of people do believe in this so that'll be an awesome episode to jump into uh not only is it a fan favorite or fan demanded topic but it is also something that i'm gonna try to shoot down during their very first episode <laughs> and that'll be fun um <laughs> so it's messed up yeah we got a lot we got a lot in store for everybody in our new year a lot a lot a lot including possibly don't get mad if it doesn't happen but possibly even some video stuff uh, we have been approved from Anchor.fm to start doing video podcasting. We are uh, one of the first to get active beta access to that. So who knows? Who knows, right? Who knows? Joe Rogan does it, so, and he's famous. So yeah. maybe. I guess the fans would get to watch me and Jeff chain vaping the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I hope you guys had a decent 2021. I know. 
we've all been through some major shit this this year and last <laughs> and the year before. We're probably in for it for another year, if not two, if not three, or if not for the rest of our lifetimes. But I look forward to 2022 and everything that we're going to get out to you in the infinite rabbit hole. And until next time, on the other end, in a brand new year, we'll see you the next path of the infinite rabbit hole. Bye. 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 Bye.